Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Certainly give honor to the fine pastor and his wife, this assembly. Everything's beautiful. Been treated so well. I uh, I really think that <clears throat> we're going to pick up on a scripture that I used this morning and, and, and go on from there. Uh, First Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 19th verse. Let's start at verse uh, 12. There had at this time began to creep into the church at Corinth the doctrine of the Sadducees and they were reviling the message that Paul preached of the resurrection. And Paul is in this letter again I really hesitate to use the word defending the gospel that he preached because in many instances he, he, he used his own life as an example and he said you can see the change. So he's, he's not really got to defend it but he's got to, to this, this church that is in the incubator so to speak. He has got to, to strengthen the things that he's preached to them. And, and that is what he's doing here. He said, verse 12, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ. Or that he raised up Christ. Whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. 
For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantageth it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Brother, would you pray? You may be seated. <clears throat> the day that we live, there are so many doctrines in the land that focus on what I, I, I would I would I guess term as a one-sided gospel. It is now the status quo to only preach in many circles the blessings of the Lord. Do I believe in the blessing of the Lord? You, you, better, you better know that I believe that God will bless his people. I do not take issue with any of the promises in the book. 
say that he will bless his people. But neither do I build the whole basis of my doctrine on blessing. I, I remember as a teenager, uh, there, there was a radio station that you could only pick up at night on the skip. It was 1510 WLAC. And, 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 and you remember Reverend Ike then if you, if you remember listening to 1510 WLAC. Now Reverend Ike had a prosperity plan. And he said that in his prosperity plan, he could, he could deliver you from all hoodoos, voodoos, hexes, vexes, and curses. You just send him, what was it, 1095, 1995, whatever it was. And you would be blessed of the Lord for this prosperity plan. Well, I, I happen to know somebody that sent him that money that he asked for. And he sent them the prosperity plan. I'm, I'm not on a soapbox tonight. We're going somewhere. And that prosperity plan was just a few pieces of string in a box with tie this around that and do that. and It was witchcraft itself is what it was. So, so, so we saw that rise and we saw that fall. <clears throat> then we've, we've seen... Many, many, many that we could name. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker come on the scene and they preach in the blessings of the Lord and they become multi-millionaires and, and then it's found out that they're crooks and the farce is taken away and they're in jail or he's in jail and, and, and on and on and on. And then, then, then they pass off the scene and, and, and now we got, we got Joel Osteen. We got, we got different ones. That, 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 that is the basis of their entire doctrine. And in that, I want you to know I stand before you a blessed man tonight. That, that, that in the past years, I, I have learned that the blessing of the Lord is more than, 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 than how much money I have in my pocket. And I have learned that the blessing of the Lord is much more than a bank account. And the blessing of the Lord is much more than possessions that I have. I, I, I'm going to really be honest with you that, that, that I have even learned and I have even in prayer said, God, I did not ask you for the things that you've given me. I, I, I sought the work of the Lord and I sought a move of God and, and in that God added to me things that I did not ask for. And, and I, I, I would be perfectly honest with you tonight. The desire in my heart is not to those things. I've almost come to the point to actually loathe the things that he has given me against a move of God. It, it, can you understand that? The things that he has given me, I almost, I almost hate them to the point of wanting a move of God against them. And almost want a move of God. 
I, I really don't know how to express it in words is, other than I would give it all. Every acre that he's given me, everything that he's put in my possession, I'm to the point in my life I would give it all for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and not regret it one minute. I'm not basing my walk with him on possession. I'm not basing my walk with him on the blessing of the Lord. It's much deeper than that. It's much further than that. Paul is trying to get a hold of Corinth and tell them it's more than what you have. It's more than what you're hanging on to. It goes deeper. If it's no deeper than what you see here, then my message and my preaching is vanity. This is all there is. My whole doctrine can be thrown out the window. If we have hope in this life only in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. He's trying to bring them back to the fundamentals of why they are where they are. The resurrection is the important factor in our message. You see, when you get focused on the blessings, you lose the meaning of the resurrection. When you get focused on the here and the now, the resurrection loses its authority and power in your life. Losing the resurrection, you lose the fear of God. Losing the resurrection, you lose that thing in you that keeps you walking right and keeps you talking right. Losing the resurrection changes the whole picture. For without a resurrection, it really don't matter how you live. That's why it's so easy for doctrines to change once they get into the blessings. Because they lose the resurrection. Paul is grasping for them. And he's reaching for them. And he's saying, you got to remember why you believed. you got to remember why you are where you are. Now I could go down each row in here tonight and I could talk with each one of you and I could not ever tell you why you're really here. Only you understand why you're here. Only you understand whether you're here wanting blessings or if it's for the resurrection. Only you know if it's true salvation that you want, or you just want to get the monkey off your back, only you know why we're in this house. I'm going to use for an example tonight the story that's recorded in Numbers. 
Moses' last days, the children of Israel, as he begins to tell them their instructions for going in and possessing the land. He's standing before the elders of the tribes and he tells them, gives them their instruction and the Reubenites and the Gadites, they step up and they say, we don't want to go. We don't want to possess what's on the other side of Jordan. And Moses, that same feeling arises in him that he had 40 years earlier. He said, you have rose up in your father's stead. We were to the same point. And they didn't want to go any further with God. They didn't want to cross this Jordan. They didn't want the promises of God. Why are you doing this? You held back the whole tribes. Why are you doing it? Are you going to now turn them back into the wilderness? And they come to an agreement. I'm cutting it a little short. But the end of the agreement is this. We'll go in and we'll fight with the children of Israel. And we'll help them possess their inheritance. And we'll come back to this side. I'm going to tell you that the other side of Jordan possessed all the promises of God. It wasn't just the inheritance of the land. It wasn't just the possessions of the cattle. It wasn't just the houses and the fenced cities that they had on this side, Jordan. But on the other side, Jordan, there was a house of God going to be built. On the other side of Jordan, there was going to be daily sacrifice that went up before the Lord. On the other side of Jordan, there was an altar. On the other side of Jordan, there was sweet incense burned before the Lord. There was praise and there was worship. But on this side, Jordan, all he had was a rock pile. And when their children said, Daddy, what's this? Oh, those that are on the other side of Jordan, this is the type of place that they go and they offer to the Lord. I'm asking you, which side of Jordan are you pleased to dwell on? Hey, some in this house tonight, that when everybody claps, you clap. When everybody lifts their hands, you lift yours. When trouble grips this family, you weep with them. When problems arise, you help them. When the battles come, you fight it with them. But you've never possessed. You've never possessed what really makes them tick. You've never gotten a hold of what really makes the difference in their life. You're fighting it with them. You're fighting the battles. You see them hurting. You hurt. 
Watch the Gadites and half tribe of Manasseh fought every battle that the children of Israel fought. But they never possessed what they possessed on the other side of Jordan. Brother, they never laid hold on the promises of God. The promises to Abraham were on the west bank of Jordan. The promises that God gave to Abraham were in that 150-mile strip of land. The encounters that Abraham had with God were on that side, Jordan. The encounters that, that Jacob had with God were on that side, Jordan. The encounters that Isaac had with God were on that side, Jordan. I'm pleased to dwell over here. When the anointing of God was poured on a king, it was poured on that side, Jordan. When visitation of the power of God was made, it was on that side, Jordan. But I don't want to go over there. I'm happy on this side. I'm happy dwelling here. I'm happy being just like I am. I don't want a total commitment. I don't want to go over there. I want to stay over here. Now in the word of God, there's given to us exceeding great and precious promises. And I'm not belittling those by any means. But the greatest promise that was ever given is contained in the book of Acts. For this promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with these and many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. So these promises that we have of the blessing of the Lord pale in comparison to that one promise. For you see, that is the most important promise contained in the word of God. For even old Abraham, way back centuries ago before it was made, it was told to him. He said, Abraham, in thy seed are all the nations of the earth going to be blessed. The promise that was in Abraham, that was on that side, Jordan, that was worth fighting for for 10 out of the 12. The promise was of salvation above it all. Oh, it was contained in there, the houses and the vineyards that they didn't have to plant and the cities that they didn't have to build and, and the fields that all they had to do was reap the harvest out of. All, all that was contained. But that was just collateral stuff. That was lanyap, as they say, down in the bayou. That was just added on. The main thing was working toward the resurrection of the dead. The main thing, the purpose in the house that was going to be built, the purpose in the sanctuary and the tabernacle and the altar and the incense and the labor, was working toward Calvary. It was working toward the resurrection. It was working toward the promise. That other stuff didn't matter to God. 
matter. I'm asking you, the scripture says, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm asking you, what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? If he's satisfied to dwell on this side, Jordan, and never go in and possess what's rightfully the promise. You see, they had the houses, they had the lands, they had the vineyards, they had the cities, they had the fields, they had the cattle, but they didn't have God. They had no place to worship. They had no place to lift their hands. And in time, they even quit going across the Jordan. In time, they even quit traveling down to Jerusalem. In time, it really didn't mean anything to them because that's the way it is when you forget about the resurrection. When you get carried away with stuff. When you get carried away focused on the wrong things and you're satisfied with the blessings of the Lord and you're satisfied with just what God gave you and what you can obtain here and you lose purpose and you lose direction and you forget about the resurrection and you forget about why he called you. And you forget about why you were miserable in the pit that you were in. And you came to the house and you prayed. And that hunger begins to fade. That hunger begins to grow less. That hunger begins to disappear in you. Paul's trying to stir them and say, remember why? It's about the resurrection. That's the basis of the whole message. That's the basis of everything that I've preached to you. And if you take that away, if you reach in, and you get the resurrection and you set it out of the message. Then the message becomes vanity. The message becomes of none effect. The message becomes like so many other doctrines. The message loses it's flavor. And he addresses that there are some that don't have the knowledge of Christ. And I'm going to tell you why they did not have the knowledge of Christ. It's because they had lost the objective of the resurrection. 
That's why he interjected that right at the point that he addresses them about the resurrection. It had become about other things to them. The words that you spoke this morning. Brother, I've seen it so many times where the people would call themselves witnessing. And they would promise people if they would live for God that, that everything in their life would change. And that, 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 that the flowers would be more beautiful and that their coffee would taste different. And I'm going to tell you, brother... Flowers are still the same color. My coffee still tastes the same if I make it the same every morning. The thing that changed was me. The thing that changed was in here. It changed my outlook. It changed my focus. It changed my direction. It didn't change the battle that had to be fought on either side of Jordan. I still got to fight the same battles, but I got a place to run to when the battle gets big. I got a place to go and lift my hands and give glory and honor and praise. You still going to fight the same battles whichever side of Jordan that you choose to dwell on. Don't you see that? Reuben and Gad and half-tribe Manasseh fought the same battles. But they didn't get the same promise. They were satisfied without it, brother. Are you going to be satisfied without everything God's got for you? Brother, you're going to be satisfied with everything? Being short of what God's got for you? Brother Marcus, are we as preachers going to be satisfied with less than what God called us for? I'm sick, my brother, I'm sick to death of people telling me just wait on God. I'm just sick to death of people telling me wait on God. Brother, God called us to do it. He didn't call us to wait on him to do it. He said, I'm going to put this work in the hands of men. If you want a promise, go get it. we're going to have revival it's because we worked for revival it's going to be because we went and got somebody that was lost and brought them to the house we're going to fight the same battles whether we have a revival or not Brother, I remember the first time I come over here for revival. Somebody kicked the door in and stole the money bucket. Brother, you told me I'm glad to see it. I was glad to see it because that let me know that even though we were trying to have church, life had not changed. Are you tired of living short of what God has got for you? It's up to you. It's in your court. Which side of Jordan are you pleased to dwell on? What are you going to do with the promise? What are you going to do with it? They had the same promise. They had the same promise as the others. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. 
we'll just stay where we are and we'll be happy with what we got. And here we sit tonight. There are those in this house that you fought the battles of life being undedicated to God. And you've used it as a, as a place to wallow in and say, well, oh Lord, help me God. Brother, can't you see? Can't you see that you would be possessing the promises of God if you would go ahead and completely sell out and completely dedicate? Can't you see that if you were wholly given over to God, your battles may not change, but you'd have a refuge from the storm? The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and is saved. There's a place to go to unload it. There's a place to go to get rid of it. There's a place to go to hide from it. I learned something from my old, my, 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 my gray-haired mother. She said, son, when it gets too big for you, you find you a place and you get out on your knees and you say, God, give me just a little rest from it. Give me just a few days of rest and let me get my strength back. And then you'll have strength to fight it again. You'll have strength to go again. But if you don't have that place, place to go brother you don't have that refuge you're in trouble time and chance happeneth to them all Solomon looked across life and he'd seen that the terrain is made to fall on the just and the unjust Brother, these days I get mud on my shoes just like everybody else. I get water in my boots just like the man that's on the bar stool. But I got a place to go where he don't. I got a refuge from the storm when he don't. He can't get out of the storm. He can't, he can't get drunk enough that the storm goes away. He can't get high enough that it's not there when he comes down. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you tonight that God has been so good to me and helped me so many times. When I, when I, when I look back on the kids that we went to school with and where their life has gone without God and the avenues that they've taken without God. Yeah, I fought some of the same battles that they fought, but I walked into a store the other day and there was a girl that I went to school with that was a beautiful girl when we were in school. And brother, when I tell you she looked like an old wrung out hag, I'm not exaggerating one bit. Her whole hair was stringy and it was hanging down over her head and her eyes was drooped and sagged and her skin was leather worn and, and wrinkled and her no older than I am no older than my wife is she looked like she was 65 years old and been rode hard and put up wet and whenever you see their name in the paper it's always associated it's always associated with the hard life it's always associated with things going wrong in their life and it's always associated with drugs and it's always associated with alcohol and it's always I'm telling you they had no place to go but if I talk 
to them today, if I talk to them today, that man told me, he said, I got everything fixed with God. I took care of that a long time ago. And I'm thinking, brother, can't you see? You're satisfied on this side of Jordan and you never went across. He never dedicated his family to God. He never dedicated his life to God. His wife never dedicated to God. And it's showing on them every day. The rain is falling on both of us. But brother, they didn't get out of the rain. They didn't get out of the storm. They stayed in it. And it's causing them to be lost. And they won't hear it. Because now they've gone so long that they don't even believe there can be a resurrection in their life. For you see, I want you to understand that the resurrection is not a day. We sing about on that resurrection morning when the dead in Christ shall rise. The resurrection is an event. The resurrection is a happening. The resurrection is a change. The resurrection, brother, is from the old life to the new life. The resurrection is from death to life eternal. The resurrection is from nothingness to everything. The resurrection is from being empty on the inside to all of a sudden having a joy that erupts in the midst of trouble. Having something to hang on to when there's nothing left to hang on to. Son, you need to get a hold of this today in your life because if you don't, you'll be satisfied with less than what God has for you. You too, son. You've seen the effects of sin on your loved ones. You need to get a hold of the resurrection. You need to have a resurrection in you, young man. It needs to happen. It needs to take place in each one of you every day. Paul said, I die daily. And I'm going to tell you, if he died daily, he had a resurrection daily. If he had something to die about tomorrow, it's because something woke up again yesterday. He had a resurrection every day of his life. And here we are living in 2013. More finance available to people than has ever been down through all the years, even though we're coming out of a recession. And there's so many losing the focus. So many preaching a message that has no resurrection. So many satisfied with what they can obtain here on this side of Jordan. Biblically, Jordan has always been a representation of death a crossing from one life to the other from the wilderness to the promise and there's so many dissatisfied here on this side would you let's stand I'm asking you
are you really satisfied with what you, what you, what you are here, with what you have here? Have, have you become satisfied? I'm going to tell you, if you have, you are miserable. Paul said, if I had hope in this life only in Christ. You see, he also wrote, he said, there's some men builds on silver and some men builds on gold. Some men build on wood, hay, and stubble. But every man's work's going to be tried. Every man's work is going to be tried with fire. And that which remains is going to be true. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this house, regardless where you choose to dwell, is going to fight the same battles in life. There are going to be times that you face depression. There are going to be times that you face repression, oppression. There are going to be times that you face recession. There are going to be times that you face loneliness. There's going to be times that you feel like nobody loves you. There's going to be times that you feel ugly. There's going to be times that you feel fat. There's going to be times that you feel skinny. There's going to be times that you feel old. And there's going to be times that you feel too young. The battles are the same whichever side of Jordan you hold. The difference is, is there's a place to go. And worship on the other side of Jordan. There's a place to go over there in the promised land. There's a place in the promised land that makes the difference. You see, just as it started with Abraham with a promise, this church was started with a promise. Repentance, water, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is unto you. It's yours. It's yours, but you've been satisfied without it. You've been satisfied here on this side of Jordan with all that life's handed you. And yes, we could call them the blessings of the Lord. Because there, there are people here tonight that are blessed because of what somebody else done. There are people here tonight blessed because of what grandpa or grandma done or mama or daddy done. And God has passed it on to you. Is that enough? I'm asking you, is that enough? Or do you really want a move of God? Or do you really want the promise? See, they were satisfied with Abraham's promise of carnal things. The others, they wanted all of it. They wanted everything that God had said they could have. And they went in and they took it. You realize that Caleb had waited 40 years. And now he's going to have to wait another few years to help them possess theirs before he can ever get a hold of what he wants. But he never forgot the promise. He never forgot that God said he could have it. I know I'm 80 some odd years old, but God said I could have it, brother. And you look at him. Joshua, I'm still man enough to go get it. You, you tell me to go and I'm going to go. That's our attitude. got to be. We can't be satisfied with waiting. 
We can't be satisfied with less. We can't be satisfied with just having part of it, brother. I'm going to tell you again that I'm not. I am not. I am not against the blessing of the Lord and prosperity. But I can't build my doctrine on it. I can't build my walk with God on it. I got to build it on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's got to be the focus of it. The resurrection of the dead is what matters, brother. It's not what I can obtain here. Losing that focus is why people become dissatisfied in the house of the Lord. Losing focus of the resurrection is why people's attention get drug away from the church. Losing focus of the resurrection Why people fall away from the love of God. Losing focus of the resurrection. It's what caused young men and young women to make mistakes in their life. And fall to the side and flounder in failure living for God. Because when the focus is right, when the motivation is right, the outcome is right. I have to remind myself and my children daily. If we don't have a we don't have a family get together, brother, that I don't remind my children not to get caught up in a prosperity doctrine. Because it's so prevalent in our land. It's so prevalent in all places that we go. And I remind them and I tell them it's not about possessions. It's not about possessions. It's not about possessions. It's about him. It's about what he done for me and where he brought me from. A man can be saved without two nickels to rub together. He said you could come and drink from this water freely. You see, it really don't matter what we bring to the altar as long as we come. Even those that went across the Jordan that didn't have anything. He said, you just bring a pair of turtle doves. If you don't have big flocks and big herds, you just, you just bring a pair of turtle doves. Just bring something and put it on the altar. Just bring yourself. Present it before the Lord. For the promises of God are yes. And amen. Acts 24 and 14. 
I'm going to tell you the last thing that both are going to face. It matters not which side of Jordan you choose to dwell on. When they had been there many days, Festus declared, that's wrong chapter. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they called heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Believe in all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow. That there shall be a resurrection of the dead. Both of the just and the unjust. You see, this journey is going to be the same. Regardless which side of Jordan you choose to dwell on. All the way to the end. And there at the end is where the difference in the division is going to come. Matters not what side of Jordan you stand on, you're going to fight. It matters not which side of the gospel you stand on, you're going to fight life. There are going to be decisions to make. There's going to be things to arise. There's going to be wind. There's going to be rain. There's going to be storms. And there's going to be sunny days. But after the resurrection of the just and the unjust, there's going to become a division. What are you going to to choose? Enter in or depart? What are you going to do with it? It's our choice in this house tonight. It's up to us. It's up to me. And it's up to you. Y'all can come on to the music. I'm through. What are you going to do with it? What decision are you going to make? Where are you going to stand? Which side of Jordan are you going to fight on? You going to lay claim to it all? Are you satisfied with the cattle and the sheep? The houses and the vineyards? Or do you want the move of God? Do you want to sacrifice in the incense? Do you want the daily burnt offerings? What do you want? What do you want in life? Do you want your children to have an heritage in the Lord? Or you just want to carry them and say, well, that's where the fire goes, son. What do you want? Here it is. Here it is. You gonna drink? You gonna cross Jordan? What you gonna do?
Yeah.
stay the same for Like you. 
Make my take life. A life. Make my make life. life. Jesus, Just for Jesus. you wanted to be. Oh Lord, please change oh, me. Change, change me.
Just what you 